The following podcast will contain spoilers and explicit language. Hello and welcome to episode 25 of Yeah, It's That Bad. My name is Joel. And I'm Martin. This is a show that looks at supposedly bad movies and asks the question, is it really that bad? And what that boils down to is that we look at movies that are rotten on Rotten Tomatoes and reevaluate that score. Does it really deserve to be that low? Tonight's movie is 2006, The Wicker Man. <laughs> what? <laughs> Directed by Neil LeBute, starring Nicolas Cage, Ellen Burstyn, Francis Conroy, Lily Sobieski, Kate Behan, Molly Parker, and Diane Delano. The Wicker Man is a 2006 remake of a 1973 British film of the same name. It currently holds a 15% on Rotten Tomatoes. How about a plot synopsis? Sheriff Edward Mollis gets more than he bargained for when he probes a young girl's disappearance. The investigation leads the sheriff to an island off the Pacific Northwest where he encounters a populace of modern pagans. As he follows a string of disturbing clues, the trail leads him to a shocking conclusion. Okay, Martin, the Wicker Man, what is your history with this? Like I said in the last episode, the only exposure I've had to this movie other than the commercials for it was my mom and dad coming back from the movie theater. My mom just groaning and telling me how horrible this movie was. I've never seen this movie. My my only history with it is just like seeing clips of it on YouTube, completely out of context and laughing at... Oh, him. Yeah, yeah. Some of the some of the ridiculous stuff. That's him in, that's him in getting movie. attacked by bees and yeah, yeah, a bear yeah, yeah. suit you know, and punching t- a woman. And rage in the cage, you know, that's, that's what it's all about. You know, I will say this, though. If anybody out there is even remotely interested in watching this movie, I recommend not listening to this. Because this is just like, uh, just as the happening, you, you're going to get a lot more enjoyment out of it if you don't know what the hell's going on, right? It's, it's more oh, fun. I- okay, Martin, let's do what we always do and go through the actors one by one, and we'll see how you thought they did. Okay, first up. Our man, the bad lieutenant himself, Nicolas Cage, he's back. Another Cage movie, another policeman role. He specializes in that, and he uh, he whips his flashlight of justice out a few times in this movie. Yeah, we, this movie didn't disappoint. We got off the wall Nicolas Cage, he let the hog loose, and <laughs> flashlight in the dark sequence. <laughs> I think that actually is probably in his uh, contract. Whenever he gets signed on to a movie, there has to be a scene where he has a flashlight, and he has to have some type of over-the-top facial expression. Yeah, this is pure Cage. Like, if, if you're a Nicolas Cage fan, this is you might as well. Give this one a shot. All right, uh, next up, Ellen Burstyn. She's kind of slumming it. I mean, she goes from Requiem for a Dream, the height of heights, and then she <laughs> she's in this movie. <laughs> you know what? She did a good job. She she did do a good job. All right, Frances Conroy. She was the doctor. I know her from Six Feet Under and, and a bunch of other things. She's all right. She acted well. She's great. She, she's was, she, she was believable. The one thing about this movie, as we go through all the actors, there wasn't any particularly uh, horrendous or poor no, acting in this no, movie. It was, all, it was all very competent and well done. And even Nicolas Cage, who is hot or cold with a lot of stuff, and even within the same movie is hot and cold, he was pretty even keeled the whole way as far as his acting goes. Okay, and here's somebody who I was surprised to see in this movie, Lily Sobieski. When she popped up, I was like, hey, is that... Is that, is that Lily Sobieski? You know, I always get her confused with Erica Christensen. One of those two girls was in a movie called Swim Fan, and I always confuse which was which. I don't know who. She gets sidekicked in this movie. <laughs> we'll get we'll get to that. Like we'll, through a wall. As far as the acting goes, like, everybody was trying to behave like in like a weird, airy kind of uh, yeah, they, yeah, foolish way, and it, it came off well. Yeah, they, they, they succeeded. They succeeded. Kate Behan, she was... Um, Nick Cage's love interest, the reason that he's on this island at all. I confuse her for Vera Farmiga from Up in the Air. Like, she looks just like her. 
And the other, the other two people that are in this movie, Molly Parker, she was the the teacher. Right. She, she did a really good job. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Diane Delano, she was the really bitchy one that that he meets in the bar. She looks like Gaston to me <laughs> from Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> okay. Her, so she's like she's like in the bar and. All right. Yeah. So you know, all in all, I mean, for a movie that has a fifteen percent on Rotten Tomatoes, like the people that are in it did a good job. I mean, they're it's, not they're not to blame. All right. So let let me go into a brief history of the two thousand and six remake of The Wicked. Man. Why are you saying it like that? <laughs> the original. <laughs> I don't get it. The original film's director, Robin Hardy, had expressed skepticism over the Hollywood remake and had his lawyers make Warner Brothers remove his name from the remake's promotional material. According to Hardy, he was given writing credit for the screenplay when he had not received any for the original. Cage himself acknowledged that the movie was absurd. He remarked in 2010, there is a mischievous mind at work on the Wicker Man, you know? Wait, you know what I mean? <laughs> Wait, was he like, the movie's absurd, which is why I signed on for it. Yeah, then he says, uh, and I finally kind of said, I might have known that that movie was meant to be absurd, but saying that now after the fact is okay. But to say it before the fact is not, because you have to let the movie have its own life. The movie was originally rated R for extreme violence, disturbing images, language, and thematic elements, but director Neil LeBute wanted a broader audience, so they cut most of the scenes out, some of which have been included in the unrated version of the DVD to deem it PG-13. However, there are about four minutes of additional cut footage that are not shown in the unrated DVD. The film garnered five Razzie Award nominations for Worst Picture, Worst Actor, Worst Screenplay, Worst Remake, and Worst On-Screen Couple. Nicolas Cage and his bear suit. That was the worst couple? Yeah. <laughs> what is he? He's, he's inside the bear, so he's the, yeah. he's the man in the relationship. And finally, of course, the film was not screened for critics. All right, Martin, let's get into this thing. The Wicker Man. All right. So this movie starts off with Nicolas Cage. He's a cop, as usual. In a small town. I, I guess. I, I don't really know where he was, but he's like... um highway patrol kind of guy. He's on a motorcycle. He's driving behind a car with a woman and a daughter, and the daughter tosses her doll out of the window, and Nicolas Cage flies by, he picks it up, and he pulls them over, and he gives them back the doll. The little girl, you know, she's being mischievous, and she throws the doll out the window again. Where does he pull them over? I, I believe it was on a swervy downhill road called Runaway Lane. Was it? Yes, there was a big sign that said Runaway Lane. Wow, you're really paying attention. That went right over my head. And I was like, I don't really think that this is a real Really good place to pull someone over. Yeah, so <laughs> I wonder why, because he, Nicolas Cage goes to pick up the doll, and then... Tractor trailer smashes their car and sets it on fire. I don't know how the car was in one piece because it got obliterated by a sixteen by an eighteen wheeler. I actually chuckle at that part. It, it was it's one of those big surprising shocking scenes, you know. It, it, actually, it would have been shocking had they not put it in the trailer, but oh well, whatever. Yeah. So Nicholas Cage, the, so, okay, so the this car the catches the aspect. car catches fire, and the little girl is still alive inside. He thinks the the mom appears to be dead. Nicholas Cage attempts to rescue her, but then the car explodes. He's blasted back. Open, then we get the opening credits, and then when we when we come back, we find out that Nicholas Cage is like haunted by demons because of this. It destroyed him. Yeah, the thing I didn't understand about this was was it like PTSD. Was he hallucinating? He keeps taking pills through the whole movie. Yeah, that's true. Like, and not only that, but throughout the entire movie, he keeps having flashbacks to this sequence. I don't understand why this. They keep cutting back to this sequence. The significant. Well, I don't understand the significance of this. Okay, so Nicholas Cage is completely haunted by by this event. So he has to take some time off and he's on pills just like he wasn't bad lieutenant. You know? he's, he, 
he's popping them just as much as he was in Bad Lieutenants. Like every ten minutes, he's just yep. and he doesn't count them. He just dumps them into his hand <laughs> and eats them. Yeah, so that, that that's going on, and then he gets a mysterious letter in the mail from one of his ex girlfriends. Apparently, she has a daughter. Yeah, so she she's got a daughter, and she's disappeared. She needs him to come to where she's at and help her find her missing daughter. And apparently, she lives on some secluded island in Washington called Summers Isle, which is completely off the beating path. It's off the grid. There's no phones. The only way to get there is through, like, airplane. There's no boats. It might as well be in Alaska or something. N- yeah, 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 yeah. So Nicolas Cage goes out there. He The only way that he can get on there is to bribe a guy with a plane to bring him on there. Right. And the moment Nicolas Cage steps foot, he's clearly unwanted. Nobody wants him there. He, he gets a lot of static coming through the doors. Yeah, everybody, uh, everybody is very rude to him. To, almost to the point where they're physically abrasive, but they still give him lodging. They give him food. They they let him investigate into their homes. Yeah, 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 yeah. The, 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 the setup is that this is a private property and that these people are extremely private citizens. It's very reminiscent of The Village, yeah, I thought. Yeah, that's, that's a really good corollary. Even even down to the clothing. Yeah, exactly. It's very yeah. similar to M. Night Shyamalan. Yeah, you'd think these people would just like kick him off the island immediately, right? No, but they, they let him in with open arms. I wonder why. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so Nicolas Cage goes to a bar where he meets Lily Sobieski, and he meets the really tough woman that's uh, in this movie. Gaston. Yeah, 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 her. And Nicolas Cage is not very subtle. He, he comes into this place, and immediately he starts flashing his badge, giving orders to people, yeah, yelling at everybody. To, to be honest, throughout this entire movie and through the investigation, he was being a dick. Yeah, 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 I he was. was. Like, I, was like, I was like, man, calm down, man. <laughs> You're being a total dick. You're not going to get... Listen, listen, you get you more, more bees honey. Yeah, so speaking of bees, there's he's talking to this woman at the bar, and a bee shows up. And Nicolas Cage uses his lightning-quick cage reflexes. <laughs> <laughs> and he grabs a, a cup and just bashes this bee to death. And this woman... What is a mur- this is the only murder that happens in the movie, by the yeah. way. <laughs> Nicolas Cage murdering this bee. bee. And this woman looks at Nicolas Cage like he just took a shit on her shoes or something. Like she's so disgusted that he killed this bee. And she's like, like, why would you do that? Sorry, I'm allergic. Yeah. I'm going up to my room. <laughs> and, and you should keep that in mind that that's a little bit of... Uh, Subtle foreshadowing. Nicholas Cage is allergic to bees. That and they show his uh, anti-allergy uh, his shot. Yeah, but it says bee epi. Beppy. So Nicholas Cage is there. He meets with his old his ex girlfriend, which is the the Vera Farmiga lookalike woman, and uh, she tells her that her daughter has gone missing and that she's extremely worried. She doesn't know where she is or what's going on with her. You have to help me. Everybody says that she doesn't exist, but they're lying. Uh-huh. I don't get it. So Doggy. this this confuses Nicolas Cage, who I guess... His daughter. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. is she dead? Is she real? Is she not? And he, and he has to go get down to the bottom of this. So he starts his detective work. He starts interviewing everybody on the island through ways that are absolutely illegal. Yeah. In every sense of the word. Yes, yes, yes. And I, I like this. He, One of the first places he goes to, he barges into a classroom. And right off the bat, there's something really strange going on with this island. Up to this point, we've only seen about two men, two, and maybe three the, men. And they were just in like labor roles. Yeah, they're just they're doing being, manual labor. Yeah. There's, there's women everywhere all over this island. Right. And when he goes to this classroom, the entire classroom is just little girls. There's no boys in the room at all. Very interesting, kind of weird. And the, the the teacher is a woman, and he goes in, and, and Nicholas Cage comes into the classroom, and the, and the little the teacher asked him a question. I don't even remember what the hell she asked him, but the answer to the question was all the little girls 
turtles pipe up simultaneously and they say, Phallic symbol, phallic symbol. And even Nicolas Cage starts laughing. <laughs> What's going on here? On this island, they're trying to insinuate that men are just... They're weak or something. They're just for procreation, yeah, I guess. Yeah, ph phallic symbols. Later on, we come to find out that the men on the island are subservient to the women. In the same way that drones are in a beehive. Oh, okay. Wow. You were like fucking shit in the bed on this movie. I was what is going not. On? Were you even watching this movie? I, total. I just took it at face value. I was not. They zoomed deep. out and showed the fields. They were literally built honeycombs. in honeycombs. And then the doorways in the fucking houses were honeycombs. Like, how do you miss that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Nicholas Cage, he busts into the middle of this classroom. He tells the teacher to shut the hell up. He he erases her lesson plan from the board. He writes his name up there. He's, he's like, this is her name. <laughs> Does anyone recognize this name? Yeah, and he starts interrogating the little girls and... Which, if this happened anywhere else but this island, would terrify all the kids. He'd probably get sued, kicked off the force. Um, He's practicing to become a bad lieutenant, I think. This is it right here. This is his, this is his training? His training grounds, yeah, his training day. So in the so in the Nicolas Cage timeline, this is pretty... This, is, this is the prequel this to the bad prequel lieutenant. To okay. Nicolas Cage confronts the teacher and he says, I know you're lying to me. Tell me, what the hell happened to this little girl? And the teacher says, she's going to burn to death and he goes huh what uh, and she says i, I, I said uh, uh she burned to death y yeah now that, that's a a plot device that pops up a lot in this movie where people have these little freudian slips and they just kind of say yeah there's a lot of like a pe uh, present past and future tense being switched and then we come to find out that this little girl is in fact not just some random dude's daughter this is the Cage's daughter. Oh, yeah. It's Nick Seed right here. Nicholas Cage's baby girl right here. Yeah, it was a really shocking t twist, I guess. I didn't really think it was that much of a twist. This is another one of those Freudian slips. He's like, our daughter. My, I, I mean, I, our, our, I, I, my, mine, our daughter? Huh? <laughs> it was like that kind of a thing. Okay, so he uh, he gets told that he's Rowan's father at one point in the movie. Yeah, the little girl's name is Rowan. I thought that this was one of the few moments in the movie where there was like actual bad acting. Yeah? He goes, I'm Rowan's father. <laughs> he like wasn't blown away and he's just like, I'm her father. We gotta find her. And this is the great scene where we get to see what the little girl's uh, room looks like. So they go to the little girl's room and it's just like completely bare. There's nothing on the walls. There's nothing on the bed. There's nothing in the... And he's <laughs> like, of course, I'll look under the desk. <laughs> under the desk, there's like scribbling from it, like it, an insane it, asylum it wall. like a lunatic. <laughs> <laughs> it looked like it was scribbled from like an insane asylum wall. It was like, help me. I want to die. <laughs> just like... Picked yeah, these, these, these like, etchings. Like, actually, of a, she of a, stabbed it into like a wooden <laughs> desk. And I, I just, I don't understand what this had to do with anything. He's like, was she feeling depressed? <laughs> It's like, what are you, a psychiatrist? <laughs> <laughs> like we said earlier, Nicolas Cage was brought here because he bribed this guy who flies out, supplies in every day to the island. And Nicolas Cage goes back to the dock because he wants to use the guy's radio. But the plane is just off, floating in the water. And Nicolas Cage is like, he just decides just to sit down and wait for this guy. Yeah, he's assuming that he's dropping the supplies off in town. So Nicolas Cage, he sits down, he's there for a while, and he hears some noises beneath him. He looks down beneath his feet on the harbor. And he thinks he sees Rowan. Yeah, he sees a uh, bloated corpse floating <laughs> beneath the waves. And he goes, Rowan, no! Like he's going to save her. <laughs> like he's going to like give her CPR and she'd yeah, be that's okay. A good, that's a good point. She is clearly <laughs> She's a corpse. She's a bloated corpse. <laughs> and he's going to go save her? Question yeah, mark? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he, he jumps into the water and he pulls out her decaying body. <laughs> right. 
Well, when he jumps into the water and he tries to save her, he he sees the corpse and he wakes up. He's like, oh, I was having a dream. He's like, just a dream. Then he looks down. And there's another floated corpse in his arms. He's got a corpse in his arms. (laughs) Then he wakes up again. Yeah, dream within a dream. So then immediately he goes bad lieutenant and just pops about like 15 pills. At this point, he walks over to the town's doctor, who's a woman who also turns out to be the town's photographer. Ruth from Six Feet Under, her. She has, she takes a picture of apparently what is a festival that they have every year. The Fertility Festival. Which apparently gives their island the ability to produce crops for the bees to... According to her, it's a very humdrum and boring affair. He wouldn't be too interested in it. Yeah, it didn't seem too humdrum or boring at the end of this movie, but (laughs) whatever. Their crops apparently, you know, flower and the bees are able to get pollen and make honey for them. Yeah, they have like in the bar, they have the pictures. Every year during this festival, they have a picture of... They take a picture of a girl wearing like floral wreath in her hair and she's right, standing right. in like a ring. Right. So, hmm, okay, maybe she does a little dance in the ring. Who knows what this festival is all about? What's really weird is that the picture from last year is missing, but it's missing in like a weird way. Like somebody punched it and ripped the... Why didn't they just take the frame off the wall? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's not suspicious. At all. We got a cop walking around asking nosy questions everywhere. <laughs> It's like, hey, 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 quick, hide this picture. All right. <laughs> why why didn't they just leave the glass everywhere? Why, why, they leave, why didn't they at least sweep the glass up? But instead, uh, someone punches. Someone, the, someone grabbed the, the, in case of emergency, break glass hammer that they keep next to the picture. And just and smashed it and it. ripped it out. It's at that point that he then Here's, waits for the doctor to leave after he asked to get the picture redeveloped so that he could see what happened last year and get one step closer to figuring out where Rowan is mm-hmm. because he believes that this ceremony is at the center of it all. So one step closer to becoming a bad lieutenant, he does a little breaking <laughs> and entering into this woman's he does. house. He hides in the bushes like a pedophile and waits oh, yeah. for the three. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, big time. And he waits for the doctor to be escorted by beekeepers. Beekeepers is really weird. Yeah. So they, they leave and <laughs> He pulls out his. Uh, he pulls out his. I guess lock, lock pick. Yeah, only like one piece of metal and breaks in and finds out that this is really like Dr. Mendela's like lab is in the yeah, back. Yeah, he's got like, like fetuses, fetuses and jars and all this other crazy Freaking stuff. Freaking bizarre, which doesn't have anything to do with the rest of this movie. It just, this movie is filled with scenes like that that are just there to add. They're weird for weirdness sake to invoke this mood of just like unsettling, like what the hell is going on on this island? It does, it does work. <clears throat> it does because at this point, Nicolas Cage and the audience, we have no clue what the hell is going on. And we have nothing, our theories, but that's it. But but our theories keep getting twisted around by all of this like uh all of this extra side yeah, yeah. side information that you're given. So So we come to one of the famous scenes in this movie where Nicolas Cage, he's on a he's on a bicycle riding around and he stumbles upon the bee fields where the the honeycombs are. A swarm of CG bees come out of nowhere and they just they attack him. What do you what do you think of this thing? It was really funny. I mean, you know what? When this scene is taken out of context, it's hilarious. But when yeah. it's in the movie, it's not that funny. It actually makes sense. Like, it actually makes sense in the movie and I didn't really laugh but like in retrospect I've seen all these stupid scenes like the bee mask and all that stuff it is really funny out of context but when you see it in context it's not that funny 
Yeah, so B- Nicolas Cage, he falls off his bike and he's rolling around. He's bouncing down the hill and these CGBs are f- going all after him. They, they're stinging him left and right. He's got these welts. Nicolas Cage, he's allergic to bees and he looks like he's going to die. But then he wakes up in the leader of the island's home. And apparently the doctor saved his life. Using the old ways. Whatever now, the now, fuck that what, means. So what is that? She's like, I, I did it the old way. She's like, did you use my EpiPen? Like, no. We did it the old way. Did she suck the poison out, like, with her mouth? That's that's not what would kill you if you're going into anaphylactic shock. This just, it doesn't make any sense. So we'll take it for what it is and continue on. So he meets the leader of the island, Ellen Burstyn. It's at this point where you're still really confused about what's going on in the movie. And this lady, Sister Summer Isle, explains that she is the avatar of this island. She is the physical embodiment of this goddess. Yes, she is the human representative of the goddess. What we've been assuming this whole time has been confirmed. This is a cult. Nicolas Cage has stumbled upon a strange sex cult. I guess, but at this point, you're not sure if there actually is something supernatural going on or not. So Nicolas Cage is told that the daughter is dead and her corpse can be found in the graveyard. So he decides to go grave digging that night and he digs up her corpse. All he finds inside the casket is a doll. And then- Yeah, he finds a raggedy Ann with like a burnt face. And then he, then he turns around and there's like a catacomb behind him and he decides to jump in and he does the stupidest thing I've ever seen a lawman do. Like he deserves to have his badge removed for what he's about to do. So he goes down into this crypt and there's like a- a very heavy metal grate that he lifts up and beneath it is just like water. He finds like her, her sweater, her sweater the, that the her little girl's sweater floating in the water. So Nicolas Cage lifts up the manhole and he dives into the water. He plunges headfirst into this watery womb tomb. Yeah, so some, uh, like a beekeeper shows up and slams the grate shut and puts a rock on it and then Nicolas Cage is trapped under water. So do you think you could survive being inside a cold, dank crypt? All night underwater. Uh, maybe if I was hallucinating wildly after I've taken <laughs> like, like 15 <laughs> pills or 20 pills or whatever they prescribed him, I might be able to survive it. It's, it's in this scene where he gets trapped in there and he hallucinates wildly and he comes to out of his hallucination and it's morning. He went there. He jumped into that pool at 7 p.m. He didn't get out of there until like noon. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was in there for like 18 hours. <laughs> <laughs> Screaming at the top of he his lungs. Screaming at the top of his lungs having like fevered hallucinations for 18 hours in this crypt. Willow comes, opens up the grate, and lets him out, because somebody put a heavy rock on it, and Nicolas Cage, for all of his insanity, couldn't muster enough strength to knock the cinder block off. It's like like a cinder block. (laughs) Couldn't knock it off, so. And this is the world-famous scene. This is one of the scenes that really defines this movie in the heart and minds of the internet. (laughs) Nicolas Cage picks up the doll that he found in the casket. Which has been burned somehow, which we were alluded to in the past that maybe the daughter got burned alive, perhaps. He starts wagging it insanely in this woman's face, screaming, How did it get burned? How did it get burned? How did it get burned? So he we're, takes we're off. We're in full bad lieutenant mode. He's graduated. <laughs> he, he's a bad lieutenant now. So Nicolas Cage leaves, and this and his his insanity levels are just skyrocketing at this point. He's going from door to door, house to house, kicking in doors, assaulting people, yelling at. Them. But you know what? 
the ceremony is about to occur and everybody is wearing these bizarre anthropomorphic animal Mardi Gras masks, which is like, again, I don't know if it's weirdness for weirdness sake. Some kind of pagan ritual is going to go on, but they really did it with these masks. They just made it really weird. So Nicolas Cage, he, he walks up to the, the really bitchy woman he meets when he first goes on the island. Without even saying a word, he gives her this dirty Nicolas Cage look and just punches her in the face oh, and oh, knocks oh, her out. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. At that comical. Point, I actually laughed out loud. Like I, I didn't think I was supposed to laugh at that, but I laughed. Like Nicholas Cage <laughs> knocking out this woman. <laughs> he punches her and then is attacked by Yeah, Lily Sobieski shows up. Jumps on his back screaming like a lunatic mm-hmm. and tries to choke him out, at which point. Yeah, he Nick, knocks Nick Cage her. is not he's not having he's not it. having it. He flips her over his back onto a table and like essentially breaks it like he's in the Wild West. <laughs> then she goes toe-to-toe and starts punching him. Which I thought was ridiculous, but don't fear. He sidekicks her like Bruce Lee. Yeah, he, into a I think wall. He, he like drop kicked her. And she's like, Whoa! I was laughing. Like <laughs> I, I really don't think they wanted me to laugh at that. But I was laughing hard at this. He kicked this little girl. He kicked her in the chest. <laughs> Like as hard as he could, he had like a running start and just kicked her in the chest and she flew 10 feet in the air into a wall, like almost through it, through a wooden cabin's wall. Good stuff. It doesn't get better than that. When he initially punched that woman, she was talking about how she was going to get inside of a bear suit as part of the fertility ritual that they're all going to. Apparently all these families are specific animals and this woman's family, they're all bears. So Nicholas Cage decides the best way to infiltrate this cult group would be to don the bear suit himself. It that, that that does make sense though because that woman is the only one he could pass off as because the height and size alone. Again, again, in context kind of makes sense. No, it actually makes complete sense. Would you watch Out of context you see him like wear these bear suits <laughs> running around the forest with bare feet it's like it's absurd it's like it's it's crazy but in the movie it makes sense though so at at this point the ritual is in full swing there is a full line of 100 200 300 women Women. marching in through the wilderness to wherever the site of this festival is going to occur and lo and behold who should be in the middle of this festival tied to a pole but it's the little girl hey there she is and the implication being that they're gonna burn her alive the scene before this it shows Lady Summer's Isle. My God. She, Ellen Burstyn. Ellen Burstyn. She looked so much like Gil from Street Fighter Third Strike. It was unbelievable. She looked like she came out of Braveheart. Like yeah. her face was painted blue and white and she was flapping her arms around and... Oh. I, I don't know. You didn't. I don't know. You didn't, what, I don't know you didn't like it. You didn't, you, didn't, you didn't understand it. So Nicholas Cage waltzes up to the little girl, and for old time's sake, he punches out one last woman, <laughs> <laughs> smashes her jaw, and shatters it. <laughs> While he's in a bear suit, mind you, so Nicolas Cage in a bear suit just assaulted a, a innocent woman. Again, like, this makes sense because his daughter is tied to a pole, which he thinks is going to get lit on fire and it's going to kill his daughter. What was his plan? Like, he knows for a fact that there's no way in or out of this island. And he knows that these people know the terrain and the way island better than way he better knows. than he knows it. And he's wearing a bear suit carrying someone. What is he going to do? 
What is he going to do? So he frees the little girl, grabs her, and he runs off. He it doesn't his- matter, though, because I, I will suspend disbelief because yeah. that's his daughter. All right, so Nicolas Cage is running into the woods, and the little girl wriggles free from him and runs off to this clearing. And outruns him. He's like, slow down. Slow, slow down, baby. Please. I'm like, I'm like, how is this six-year-old outrunning you? Like you're, you're a full-grown man. It's the bear suit. It's inhibiting his cat-like reflexes. So this little girl runs out into the clearing, and oh, what's this? Double cross. It turns out things were not as they seem. Explain what happened here. What was the master plan? The master plan was that they needed somebody from outside of the island, but still had a blood link to the people on the island as a sacrifice so that they could continue on with having a good harvest every year and so that their bees could produce honey, which is apparently like a very centered part of their community, but also as like a sacrifice to the island itself, which they believe is a part of of themselves. Yeah, because the the year prior, they had the worst harvest in record. They need to really up their game for this year's sacrifice. Yeah, they just can't have a girl wearing flowers. Yeah, they they gotta, enough of that crap. They we gotta to burn really, a bunch of stuff. We so. gotta burn an Academy Award winner, Nicolas Cage. And so, a bunch of farm animals. Yeah, yeah, so they get Nicolas Cage on here. So this whole thing, this whole master plan of burning Nicolas Cage alive was in the works years ago. And this is years ago. a so let me get, huge plot hole. Let, let me get this straight. Back in 1972 or whatever, when Nicolas Cage first met this girl, that's when the plan was first hatched. I don't want to say yes because it makes no sense. Th- th- that is what happened, right? But he, that he met that is, her. He met her in when... the '70s when they said that they were kids, right? Right. They got engaged, and then she ran off. But she got she got impregnated by him, apparently. Right. And and ran off back to the island. We learned that Ellen Burstyn and Nicolas Cage's wife are related. They're mother and daughter. And then she says, like, "Yeah, we we've been stringing not, you along." Not not only that, but you also find that one of the officers in the town that he works in is related and was implanted there by another family on the island. That went right over my head. Like when they they showed that woman popping up, I was like, oh, there must be a reason why they're zooming in on this woman's face. (laughs) But it went right over my head at all. And then then they even cut to a clip of that cop. Yes. And and, and I was like, why are they showing her again? What's the point of that? I don't know how how they could have made this any clearer to you. Like I don't know I don't know what they needed to do besides they, flash like words on the screen like Joel Joel look Joel look it's this the same woman, woman it's the same woman that's on the island. They even had that Nicholas Cage even had that flashback where he saw the cop and like and she turned bees, into bees bees she like, exploded into bees. So I was like Joel huh, still didn't get it. What does that mean? <laughs> okay, so. Yeah, so this plan is uh you know people complain that the Saw movies are unrealistic because every little piece of the puzzle has to fall, fall perfectly into place for these traps to work. Yeah, we had this long con that was set up <laughs> 30 years ago. <laughs> That's not the problem with it. The problem with it is that they had a bad harvest the year before he arrived, and that was his reason for going to the island. Yeah, they, That's they why they needed him. How could they have known that 35 years ago? <laughs> they're like, they're like, you know what? In 2006, we're going to have a bad harvest. We better... Hold on. What is it? 1972? We got 30 years. Let's go, yeah. guys. Let's set up a plan. <laughs> why did they just gang up on him the moment he got on the island? And why the, all the subterfuge? And by the way, we didn't even bother to explain this. Like, what the hell? The Wicker Man is the Wicker Man literally is a giant man made out of wicker. It's just like Burning Man. 
Literally, like they, they burn a giant man. Yeah, so they, they, they everybody gangs up on Nicolas Cage and they're like, guess what? We're burning you alive. <laughs> Surprise! This is the scene that was cut from the original version and was in the unrated cut that I have, that I watched. So here it is right here. I'll, I'll explain it. A DVD was released on December 19th, 2006 with an unrated alternate ending included. In the alternate ending, Nicolas Cage is held down and his legs are broken at the knee. A wire mesh helmet is placed over his head and live bees are poured in. Nicholas Cage shouts, Oh no, not the bees! Not the bees! <laughs> Again, this is funny as we're reiterating it, but in the movie, it's not that funny. After he passes out, the helmet is removed and he is revived with a shot of epinephrine. Throughout all this, he keeps asking how he can be a good sacrifice if he does not believe in their religion. The movie continues in the same way as the theatrical version, except the credits begin after the wicker man's burning head falls off. The six months later scene is missing. The last scene is shown with Willow and Sister Honey going into a bar and talking with two male police officers. Play, one played by James Franco of all people. The women invite them to go home with them, presumably in hopes of luring them just as Nicolas Cage was. Screaming from Nicolas Cage can be heard as the film fades into dark. Alright Martin, let's find out what the real critics have to say about this movie. Nicolas Cage gives the worst performance of his career opposite Kate Bean in this useless update of Robin Hardy's far creepier 1973 original suspense movie based on Anthony Schaefer's novel, Cole Smithy, colesmithy.com. I've seen many ill-advised horror remakes in my time. The Wicker Man may be the worst ever. Rob Gonsalves, ecritic.com. I had no idea the Wicker Man remake was a comedy. Rebecca Murray, about.com. And finally... Rotten, risable rubbish. One of the year's worst films. Christopher Smith, Bengal Daily News. Okay, Martin, this movie currently holds a 15% on Rotten Tomatoes. Is it really that bad? No. This movie has a decent plot, the acting is good, and it's not shot horribly either, so I'm trying to figure out what these critics saw and what I saw, because I don't think they're the same movie. This is, by far and large, not a masterpiece. This is not artistically something that's unique or something that you're really going to like remember for the rest of your life, but as far as being entertaining, it accomplishes that. Like I, I was never bored and wanted to turn it off or wasn't able to handle it for any period of time for any reason. So I'm going to give it a solid three out of five. It wasn't great, but it wasn't horrible either. And if you like these kind of movies, I would suggest watching it. Or if you're bored, sure. Yeah, as for me, I agree. Like, is it really that bad? No, I, I was shocked. This is one of the most surprising of the movies that we've watched so far. Like I went into this thing just expecting it to be the worst thing ever made. Like the way people talk about it, it's like they talk about it like it like raped their mom or something. Like it's such a horrible movie. And it's not even just the majority it's everyone it's universal it's universally hated like everyone i've spoken to hates this movie i enjoyed it like just like you said like it's it's a decent enough thriller this, this is the perfect saturday afternoon movie it's on channel 11 or whatever yeah wpix from their movie vault this is coming out the wicker man it's gonna fly at your screen it's per it's a perfect thing you just watch that and you're, you're done you know yeah i enjoyed it it's nowhere near as bad as people say nowhere near is this this a case of just lowered expectations? No, I don't think so. I'm, I'm trying to look at it as unbiased as, as possible. In comparison to The Happening... 
Oh my God, this is so much better this than that. So much and that, better. And, and, and that has double the score. Right. Uh, Martin, uh, let's check out some of these voicemails we got. We got a real hodgepodge. I'll play that stuff for you right now. To listen to your messages, press one. Hey guys, you know me, it's JD. I had to interrupt the latest episode of Yeah, It's That Bad because I had to actually critique your dramatic reading. What are you guys trying to do? Are you trying to out Shyamalan Shyamalan? Because if you are, you succeeded 20,000 times. I almost have a mind to turn the darn thing off. Hey guys, I usually download you guys on iTunes and just keep it in the archives until I get to see most of these awful movies. Uh, this morning I watched Law Abiding Citizen and I just want to tell you that I didn't think it was all that bad as you guys agreed. And I would put it up there with the proposal as the best movies that weren't as bad as everyone says that you guys have done. Yo, The Wicker Man 2, 3, 45, whatever it's called, whatever, I don't care. This is Tyrone from Oregon, where the trees are always watching, my friends. Wicker Man sucks. It's a terrible movie. And I'll tell you what, Nicolas Cage should have got a really nice cell phone with some badass internet connection with it, with some YouTube on that bitch. Waving around them bees that attacking them, have some 4G up in the motherfucker. No, take that. Rewind it back. Nicolas Cage got the phone to make your booty go smack. Yeah, whatever you say. I don't know the lyrics. Screw it. I'm out. Peace. End of new messages. Thanks for those voicemails, guys. Okay, so let's read some listener mail. We got some cool ones here. Jack writes in and he says, Hey guys, I heard you guys mention in your Armageddon episode that two people have written into the show who work in the film industry. Just wanted to say that I work in the industry as well out of Chicago. I listen to your podcast in the production trucks on set sometimes. You guys must have gone to film school or maybe you're just huge film nerds. Which is it? Are we film nerds? I, I mean, we're doing I... a film podcast. I mean, that's the cut above. I guess, but I don't know if I'd call myself a film nerd. We didn't go to film school. No. We were art majors, though. So yeah, yeah. We both we both have our BFAs. That counts for something, I, I guess. I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if that I don't know if that qualifies <laughs> us for this in any way, shape, or form. But. Okay, so that's that's guy number three who's in the movie industry. Right. Check this out. I'm kind of afraid to say this guy's name. I don't want to get him in trouble. So. Uh, <laughs> Then don't say it. <laughs> uh, okay, I'll, I'll just say J. That's just the first letter of his name. Good, Jay. good. Okay. Hey, guys, love the show. I have a few suggestions. I am currently employed in the Vancouver film industry and have had the extreme pleasure of working on some classics of contemporary cinema, such as Catwoman, Electra, and Pathfinder. Well, he's got a, he's, he's, he's been a part of some, <laughs> some, gems. Some, some magic. Any one of these would be prime for you guys to tackle on your show. I was fairly new to the industry when I was hired on Catwoman. I remember reading the script and thinking to myself, this seems horrible. <laughs> but what do I know about how to read a script? However, when I showed up to work one day, all of my colleagues seemed to agree that this is going to be a piece of shit. <laughs> What is, I'm, th this is really interesting because I'm curious about what like what the morale was on the movie <laughs> as you're working on this. When everyone that's working on it, the lowliest lighter to the director is like, this is a piece of shit. <laughs> All my colleagues agreed this is going to be a piece of shit, though through no fault of our own, it was a bomb before the cameras rolled. By the time Electra came around, I knew that it was going to suck. But the final edit of the film was even worse than the already shitty script. <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> it's like watching a train wreck in slow motion when you're, it's like you're building it. 
The less said about Pathfinder, the better, except that if the number of animals that had been injured on set was equal to the number of humans, PETA would have shut us down within the first month. After a focus puller had to quit to have surgery due to a nasty case of flesh-eating disease, every day at lunch, the crew had to line up and be vaccinated with a needle before we could eat. Also, it rained pretty much every day of the outdoor shoot. So, you guys could rip into any of these three films. It would give me a small but still awesome sense of revenge. I know we were getting paid to do a job, but sometimes money isn't everything. <laughs> Thanks in advance, our man in Vancouver. That is the best email we've ever gotten. What do you think, though? Movie-wise, which one do you want to do? Because I've... I, we're going to take the challenge? Yeah, I am, I am on board for this one. This guy deserves to have a movie <laughs> review. I feel bad for him. <laughs> listener's choice? Yeah, you want to do a listener's choice for this? For our man in Vancouver? Yeah, sure. Let's do it. <laughs> which which two out of those three? All of them. All three? You want to put all a poll up for all, all three? three? Yep, all right, fine. All three. Thank you. Thank you for that email. You, sir, are the best in the business. Well done. <laughs> we the vaccinated with a needle at lunch every day. How is that legal? <laughs> are they like in Somalia? Like some third world country? They're in Vancouver. <laughs> all right, so let's read the question of the week. And the question from last week was... Can you name a movie that has a worst twist than the happening? happening? And once again, people came out in droves. This was a hot topic. There were so many of these. Let me just really quickly skim through these to see what some of the movies that had really poor twists were. Let's see. Allison says, I'm going to stick with the M. Night theme and say The Village. Really? There were no monsters the whole time? Iggy Star says, a worse plot twist than The Happening? No. But also pretty bad were all of the plot twist setups and reveals in Lady in the Water. Who's the protector, the healer, the interpreter? Who cares? It's all so contrived. Justin the Quadinator says, Gamer, fuck that movie. I don't remember if there was a twist and I literally just watched it on instant view. I just want to say, fuck that movie. Shannon says, worst plot twists? I can think of a few. High Tension, Perfect Stranger, My Bloody Valentine 3D, Hide and Seek, and sadly, No Country for Old Men. I didn't, I, I, controversial. Lena says, I would say that The Last Exorcism had a horrible plot twist that started out as an interesting premise for a scary movie and turned into a shambling mess at the end. Wesley says, it's a movie that's so forgettable that I don't even remember what the twist was, but I do remember hating the ending and thinking it was so ridiculous. Knowing with Nicolas Cage. Well, Wesley, you should prepare yourself because that's, that movie that's gonna will happen. be reviewed in our future. I guarantee you that. All right, Joseph says, I thought the twist ending to the skeleton key was pretty bad. You know, the, the ending was the best part of the skeleton key. That actually made the movie. <laughs> Little Dave says, the number 23 or whatever ridiculous Jim Carrey movie was. Yep, piece of crap. I agree with him. He wrote the book or whatever. What, uh, whatever. whatever. Who cares? Who cares? And he also says, The Crying Game. Never a good reason to surprise you with a penis two hours into a movie. Anonymous says, The twist in Hancock was ridiculous and sort of predictable. Agreed. That yeah. was crap. Yeah, I agree. Melinda says, Citizen Kane, I mean, the DVD commentary said the big reveal of Rosebud being the sled meant absolutely nothing. Anonymous says, Knowing with Nicolas Cage. <laughs> there you go. And he also says, Fast and the Furious 3. Okay, so the guy who was giving orders and acting like the boss the entire movie actually is the boss? Who would have seen that one coming? <laughs> <laughs> well played, whoever that was. 
All right, so in, in honor of the Wicker Man being the laughing stock of the internet, yet we thought it was okay. What movie did you think was all right, but everybody else universally dislikes? Head on over to yastatbad.com and leave a comment on this episode's page with your answer. Oh, and if you want to contact us, you can send us an email at yastatbad at gmail.com. Now is the time that we announce next week's movie. And, and as you guys recall, we had a Waterworld fan fiction contest, and the winner would be allowed to pick whatever movie he or she wanted us to do. And he finally got back to us. Let me play you his voicemail right here. Hi, Joel. Hi, Martin. Sometimes Kevin. This is Justin from South Dakota. I am the winner of the Waterworld Fan Fiction Contest. Thank you, first of all, so much for choosing me as the winner. I'm uh, humbled and grateful. And uh, on to my choice for the movie for you guys to review. Honestly, it was tough because there's lots of movies I would like for you guys to tackle. And I spent hours scouring Rotten Tomatoes, and I came up with five choices, and uh, I ended up narrowing it down to just one. I feel like it's a good movie. I really enjoy the movie, and I don't think it deserves a rotten score, and I'm hoping you guys can give it some redemption. If you don't, I'll still listen to you because you guys are awesome. Uh, The choice is Mr. and Mrs. Smith with the Rotten Tomatoes percentage rating of 58%. Watch and enjoy, because I'm going to do that right now. Well, you heard him. Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Okay, so to recap, head on over to yesthatbad.com where you can vote for... Electra, Catwoman, or Pathfinder in honor of our man in Vancouver's horrible experience in the film industry. You get to vote between those three movies and we will review one of those in his honor. Who do you think is going to win? Catwoman, probably. I think people are going to vote for Electra. Those are your three choices. Catwoman, Electra, or Pathfinder. And as for next week, tune in when we will be reviewing Mr. and Mrs. Smith, starring Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie. And if you've already seen Mr. and Mrs. Smith, please leave us a voicemail at 973-797-9324. Leave us your little mini review and we will play it on the show. Once again, thank you for listening to the show. If you like what you've heard, please consider subscribing. We have a new episode every Tuesday. Please leave us a positive review on iTunes. Those five-star reviews really do help out the show. And please help us spread the word of the show by liking us on Facebook and talking about us on Twitter. And you can do both of those things from yahitsthatbad.com. Once again, thanks for listening. If he was in a certain Nintendo 64 game that had an insanity meter on it, I don't. Would stop. he have? Would he stop, have died? Stop! No. <laughs> it is so fucking hot in here. I feel like I'm, I'm sweating. I feel like I'm in a prison in India.